It is the 90s, and there is time for the Pie Factory Podcast. Yeah, just rub my nose in front of uh, the live audience. Uh, you're welcome, Steve. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Pie Factory Podcast. And I also welcome you, everybody. Yes. So we were originally going to do an episode where we talk about Kung Fu Master and um, Double Dragon. But um, the response to our previous episode where we talked about our 10 favorite games plus a few, uh, you know, uh, honorable mentions, uh, garnered a lot of uh, criticism. No, no, no. Uh, Email. Uh, t- and uh, comments. So, Plenty of uh, other figured, things garnered us some criticism, but... Yeah, n- but not that. Not that. So we figured that uh, we would take today to talk about those emails and comments and that. But uh, first, uh, we're going to start the show like we normally do with uh, bemused resignation. So... I resign. <laughs> so, Sean, what have you been doing? Oh, what haven't I been doing? Uh, I've been working. <laughs> I've been... <laughs> Sleeping, I've been having suppers, uh, and uh, I finally made it to Underground Retrocade a few days, uh, actually almost a week before we're recording this, so I was happy about Uh that, and uh, oh, and because like uh, the uh, COVID safety rules have been loosened up a little bit now around these parts of town, well, this, even though uh, Underground Retrocade is not in this town, uh, they're able to sell drinks again, so yeah, I was really happy about that. Um, and I got my personal best on Millipede, a little shade over 200,000, which is oh, nice. only about 7,000 higher than before. But still, I've been trying for like four or five years to beat that. So, oh man, what really freaked me out though, I think it was around when I reached eh, about 185,000 or so. Mm-hmm. I told it's been so long since I've reached this far in the game, which isn't really all that far for uh, diehard players, but still for me, it's pretty far. The level started, and there were like six spiders that came out after. It was like, yeah! So, good grief. Ugh. And uh, I have been playing... A, well, actually, I don't think I played it at all this week, but lately I've been playing Simpsons Hit and Run, which mm-hmm. I have owned for about 14 years. And I haven't played it in a long time because I didn't have a PC for very long. When I upgraded to Mac, I got rid of my PCs and never looked back. And I've been running it on a virtual machine. And, man, I it's just so much fun. I know it's a ripoff of Crazy Taxi. But it's just, it, I, I love the, the little uh, bits of dialogue from the show. I love the exploration kind of things you can do in the show, in, in the game. Just so much fun. Uh, there's a couple of the missions I'm not able to do. I just cannot, despite repeated attempts, looking at uh, walkthroughs and things. But still, it's just a good It's a good time waster, I guess. And what else? What else? Um, and that's really... Because the thing is, like, we... we we just recorded not terribly long ago. It hasn't, mm-hmm. it hasn't been nearly a whole month yet. So it's not really much more going on with me um, other than I'm thrilled to say I'm fully vaccinated now against uh, COVID-19. I have two injections of the Moderna vaccine swimming around my veins and uh, should take full effect in about a week. Well, we had a, uh, we just had a vaccination event in town here and pretty much everybody who responded to the county's website before February 2nd was able to get their, their first dose. 
Of course, I'm not in that group. Uh, I think I just did it like two weeks ago, so hmm. it's going to be a while for me. And of course, our governor used the uh, the thing as a photo op. So of course, yeah. But truth be told, he's handled it I think better than pretty much any other governor. Certainly better than Oklahoma, Texas, Arizona, Florida. But um, you know, that's that's just maybe. I don't want to get into politics here, but politics uh, sucks. Yeah, they it does. That's why I am now a registered cynic. Oh, you're now registered? Yes, yes. Well, you never told me that. I, I, seriously, seriously, I have been toying around with the, the idea of starting the American Cynic Party. Ah, the good old ACP. Yeah. You know me. <laughs> Our slogan is, yet like you'll vote for us. So, <laughs> mm. but as far as what I've been doing, a few things. I've been putzing around with the, uh, with the, uh, oil machine. What the hell they call it? The, the concerto cart that I've got. I've been playing a few games on that, but uh, also uh, got something uh, interesting. I don't know if I've talked about it yet, Ooh, but don't uh, tell. I uh, I picked up a Raspberry Pi 400. Ooh. For those not in the know, it's a Raspberry Pi 4. It's installed inside uh, like a little chiclet type uh, keyboard device. It's you know what you're doing the, right now. What's that? You're making this podcast on topic for people who think that this is a Raspberry Pi podcast. Uh oh. Yeah, yeah. How many pe- how many people have come up to? Oh, you don't do Raspberry Pis? Like, no, it's a pie factory like in Donkey Kong. Do that. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have had a few do that. But um, so I picked up one of these, and um, like I said, it's in a it's in a little chiclet style keyboard case. It's smaller than an average keyboard. It comes with the power supply, an SD card with Raspbian on it. Uh, the power supply, da, 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 a mouse, and the uh, mini HDMI cable, so you can hook it into whatever you know display that you have. And um, this thing really has the spirit of the uh, the 8-bit computer days. Hmm. Like, you know, the Atari 8-bits and 60, Commodore 64, Apple II, all that. It really has that uh, spirit. I mean, it's, yeah, it's Raspbian's uh, a Debian distribution for the Raspberry Pi. So it's got, you know, a Linux desktop on it. But um, it's got uh, a few uh, programs on it. It's got, I've been, and it, oh, yeah, it also comes with a an intro to the Raspberry Pi book which has some documentation on, um, well, obviously how to set it up. It uh, goes a little bit into the Scratch programming language, which is included on the, <laughs> the card. goes a little bit into Python, which has got a couple of Python uh, IDEs on it. I did two online Python courses, and each time I forgot all of it. I would not know how to program in Python yeah. despite that. So so you, you, get, also you really got to um, use it to remember it. And the book also has a chapter on using several uh, hardware uh, add-ons for Raspberry Pi. The book isn't about the Pi 400 specifically, although it does talk about it a little bit. It's just for the Raspberry Pi in general, which this thing does have the, uh, what is it? The, I'm trying to remember what it's called. Do I have the box right here? Does nobody check the wash basin? Of course not. Where the hell is the box? Oh, here it is. The device has a GPIO, has the GPIO connector like the original does, but doesn't have a couple of the other connectors on it, however. But it's got your SD slot too. Two micro HDMI connectors, so you could hook two monitors up to this bad boy. Nice. Uh, it uses USB-C power, two USB 3.0 slots, a USB 2.0 slot, and an Ethernet slot. And uh, mine cost about 130 140 hmm. worth every damn penny. It's not terribly easy to install software on it because, while it does have a software manager, you got to update the packages and servers and... Um, you got to really know what you what you want. Like I had to search for uh, Burger Space, which mm. 
interesting uh, Linux uh, implementation of Burger Time, which I think we've talked about before. Yeah, we me- we mentioned it before. I love that implementation of Burger it's, Time. It's decent. It's decent. It's obviously got its such changes from uh, the original Burger Time, but it's decent enough. What I love about Burger Space is that it's really easy to make an enemy fall on a burger uh, layer mm-hmm. from like the other end of the. Uh, oh, it's hard to hard to describe. It's easy to show. So I've been messing around with that a little bit. I've already gone through the uh, the Scratch tutorials, but basically, what Scratch is, it's a visual object oriented programming language. It's it's drag and drop basically. You uh, drag and drop the express, not, uh, not, they don't call them expressions, but like, you drag and drop like the operations and, you know, if then loops and all of that sort of thing. And each one has like a little space where you can type in a number and that it's, it's pretty much a plug and play. Nice. Plug and play, drag and drop. And it's a, it's a really good way to learn about, uh, about programming. They have scratch implementations for, uh, windows and Mac, I believe. Uh, it's scratch.mit.edu is uh, the website if you want to learn about Link in, the show notes. Link in the show notes. So it's definitely worth checking out if you want to get a little uh, you know, intro into object-oriented programming. Huh. So that's kind of cool. Also, I haven't done anything with these really too much yet, but uh, we were cleaning out the basement last night just trying to get rid of stuff because we want to free up some space, and I found a a box that had like a bunch of miscellaneous CDs in there, audio CDs and a few DVDs and whatever. And I found some yeah. computer games that I for, that I thought I had gotten rid of. Oh, and, do tell. Um, first of all, I have it was a three pack of uh, games for the PC that were put out by Infogrames slash Atari that I bought for a discount years and years and years ago. Uh, sir, copyright on this. 2001, so I must have bought it like 2002, 2003. And it's modern updates of um, Combat, Warlords, and Missile Command. Hmm. I know I've played the Missile Command one. I don't know if I've played the other. No, I played Combat. Combat one was a lot of fun, I have to say. So I found those. And of course, good luck trying to get any of this running. Although it very well could work on my Linux partition under uh, Wine, which Wine stands for Wine is not an emulator. But over and above that, I found years ago Taco Bell back in 2010, I think it was. Had a thing where they were having they had uh, DVDs or CDs with updated Atari games <laughs> that you could buy for like two bucks. And I have the whole set of them. And uh, I got Asteroids, Centipede, Super Breakout, and your most favorite game of all time, Lunar Lander. Exactly. Oh, awesome. I don't think I've ever installed all of these uh, when I originally got them. Uh, the sad thing is that I tried installing, which one earlier? Super Breakout, and it requires Adobe Air. So I don't know if these are going to work. I didn't. Hmm. I just canceled out of the install at that point. But I'm going to try to get those working. And uh, I wonder if these fetch any money on eBay. Now I'm curious. Speaking of Missile Command, I... I finished Tony Temple's yeah. book, Missile Commander, recently. That Seriously, read that book, everybody. That is a wonderful book. I know I talked about it in the previous episode, but it's uh, I'd say about 65 to 70% of the book is about Missile Command and its history and its release and its success. And the rest is Tony's observations of getting a world record score in tournament mode, tournament settings. And it's just really a fascinating read. 
there's somebody mentioned in that book, talked about extensively in that book, whose name I'm not going to mention because I don't want to be pulled into anything. If I said the name, you'd probably know who it is, most of you listening. But uh, man, the dude is he a piece of work. Uh, he, he's been in a couple of the more famous video game documentaries, I should say. But oh. man, he's... Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, that's all I'm going to say. But get the book and read it. It is so good. All right, I would get that book, but I've got so many books I got to read and yeah. I don't know if I'm ever going to get to them now because I just don't really have much of an attention span. I'm tired all the time. But no, I just, you know what uh, we should do? We should see if Chris Plus Plus will uh do a book on tape version of that for you. I would love to hear him do that. Yeah, oh yeah, his uh his New York accent would uh even though he lives in New Mexico, his New York accent really comes through. I'm pretty sure he's from the state of New York originally. Yeah. And I, not only do I want him to do a audio book of that for you, but I also want him to feel free to interject comments now and then. <laughs> he's clever. I like him. We haven't heard from him in a while. No, we haven't. We haven't. Yeah, he's clever. But um, anyway, I just took a look and these CDs uh, go on eBay anywhere from 5 bucks to 20 bucks plus uh, shipping and handling. They <sighs> seem to average around 8 Eight to ten is the average, it seems like. So, Oh, and because so, I read Tony Temple's book, I played some Missile Command. And I'll tell you, one of the reasons that I made sure I went to Underground Retrocade, I was recently diagnosed with tennis elbow. Uh-oh. It was actually from a trip to Underground Retrocade I made back in October when I brought my bike with me, and I injured my elbow lifting the bike into the car. Because I don't have your typical street bike. I have a hybrid, which is a lot heavier than a normal bike. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's really heavy and I lifted, I, I must've twisted my arm weird or something. And ever since it's been bothering me, my doctor diagnosed me with tennis elbow mm -hmm. and I figured a good therapy would be to go to underground retrocade and play some trackball games. So I spent a lot of time on missile command centipede and millipede. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, it wore my arm out. And then of course it just now occurs to me that didn't do me any good. You know why? <laughs> because I'm right-handed at those video games. The tennis elbow was in my left one. Oh, well. So, yeah, that was that was stupid. Cortisone shot be done with it. No, no, no. I no, I do not want it. Cortisone shots don't don't cure anything. They just they do more damage than in fact, my doctor even agreed with me on there. Like she's like, really? yeah, you only want that if it's like absolutely unbearably miserable. And even then you just want to do one of those. I've had a few of those when I've had tennis elbow. So that's the thing you probably, if you had it properly treated, you wouldn't have needed a few. I'm talking over the course of time, but I do get a little elbow trouble when I'm out on my bicycle for a long, longer period of time. Oh, by the way, I tried buying a bicycle today. Oh, really? And um, You tried. I tried. There's a bicycle shortage. Oh, yeah. That's not surprising. I went into the uh, into the Trek store in Naperville. Yeah. And like they have a tons and tons of bikes. But everyone, almost everyone you would go up to had like a tag saying it was uh, it was in for repair. They're like backed up on repairs for six weeks. They only had like wow. about maybe 20 bicycles for sale in the store. So one of these days over the next week or so, I'm going to go up to the, probably head up to Village Cycle in Chicago again and buy my next bike. Mm. This will be our fourth purchase there. Wow. There is and a good ca uh, little uh, takeout place right up the street from it called La Fournette. Really? I, they have, I love their croque monsieur. What's that? Those are so good. It's a, uh, 
It's a it's basically a grilled ham and cheese sandwich. It's a grilled cheese. Oh, you cheese. told me about yeah. that. Yes, 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 yes. I think you mentioned that on one of our episodes. And oh man, it's it's so good. I always wanted to try one because I heard about them in French class. My uh, my daughter absolutely loves the uh, restaurant Old Jerusalem. Just up I still haven't been it. there. It's really good. They have good stuffed grape leaves. No, wait, no, it's not the stuffed grape leaves. What was it? Oh no, the falafel. The falafel is really good there. But, well, hey, um, like if if uh, I'm if I'm actually available when you're here, let me know and you can buy me some lunch there. Uh, yeah, sure. Oh, by the way, I got to figure out. I bought you that. I bought you an album. Oh yes, I yeah, can't wait to uh, hear that thing. Yeah, George C. Wallace's <laughs> campaign favorites. I was actually in a, a little uh, a little uh, antique shop next to uh, the Oswego Cyclery uh, a week or so ago, and I saw that album there and I took a picture of it, sent it to Sean. And Sean was like, buy me that album. I'm like, okay. So I got it. And I went back on my way to work uh, a couple days later and picked it up and just trying to get it to you. Dude, I'm only 70 miles away. I mean. Oh, that's it? Oh. Yeah. I'll just throw it across the fence. Yeah. Here you go. Pretty uh, thick fence, but yeah, hey. I can't, I can't wait to hear that because I'm starting to, to buy like the weirdest records in fact, uh, there's an autobiography of a Schnook episode. I think it's chapter 19 in which I discuss my weird record collection. Uh, uh, oh, man, I wish I had a bell right now. I could, like, give it a little resonant ping. But, oh, well. Maybe I can dub that in or have Hyde do it or something. I'm Hyde, just if you have a this... little de- desktop bell sound, please uh, insert it there to indicate to the listeners that I'm shamelessly promoting something for my oh, own benefit. Oh, holy crap. There's... Apparently he's got a couple of albums. He's got oh, the 1970, 1972 George Wallace for President album. Uh, <laughs> I am not seeing this album on uh, YouTube though. No, I need that to go with my Mayor Daily on the record, which came out I think in nineteen eighty. I think NBC compiled it. WMAQ compiled it, and it's basically is that the one where he talks about fishing in the Chicago River? I don't know. He talked. It's it's a whole ton of sound bites with a narrator talking about him. Okay. And uh, I, I posted a picture of it on Facebook years ago, and I bought it. And uh, a former coworker of mine said, "What in the hell could possibly be on that record?" So I listened to it, and I told him, "I said, well, to answer your question, a lot of yelling. <laughs> There's a daily yells a lot on that thing. I know at the beginning of side two, it does have the time when he talked about how he he said his famous quote." Gentlemen, get the thing straight once and for all. The policeman isn't there to create disorder. The policeman is there to preserve disorder. Oh yes, I know. Oh God, I love that comment. And he was the he was the king of like that sort of uh, sort of yep. thing. Yep, and he always called O'Hare Airport O'Hara. Oh God. <laughs> oh man, I see. I I love. I, I love these this weird stuff you can find in the record stores. But that's oh, the thing. Man. I was getting addicted to the. Uh, I mentioned that I've been watching old episodes of David Letterman, and I really got to uh, watching a lot of the uh, old episodes of uh, Dave's record collection, and um, that's where I found out about that. Uh, what was it? This is Rockford, or no, doing it in Rockford. Uh, the doing it, it in Rockford. Rockford. Making it in Rockford, that's it. And, Making um, it in Rockford. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned this, but you know who was on the judging board for that album? No. Rick Nielsen of Cheap Trick. I should have guessed that. I should have <laughs> I should have guessed somebody from Cheap Trick, most likely Rick Nielsen, because he does everything. Rick Nielsen is like the weirdo, but I even thought that was too bizarre for him, but nope, he was involved with it, so... So He's I, got I, a really good pizza. That's another place you can go uh, when you're in town next. Go to his pizza joint on North Avenue. It's so good. 
Good luck finding parking, but... <laughs> I'm curious if this album is on eBay. Zero results. Uh... Oh, maybe it's on Discogs.com. Probably. Or as Kevin Zerb calls it, Disco Dogs. The, of course, the very, in, on eBay, the very first search result is White Snakes Slide It In. Oh, lovely. Oh, yeah. Here, well, it's listed. It's listed on Discogs. Let me see it. Oh, there's one for sale from $55. Wow. Say hello to Rockford. Rockford on my mind. Making it in Rockford. Team up with Rockford. Make it in Rockford. Dot, dot, dot. Weigh the difference. We've got it all in Rockford. It's all in Rockford. Look into Rockford. Rolling it home to Rockford. Well, I think uh, a lot of the songs are actually on YouTube. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah somebody album. posted the whole album. Like on an MP3 form, I think. Uh, Which I am going to have to down-freaking load. It appears that the name of the album is Rockford, 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 Rockford. At least that's how it is on the cover. Make it in Rockford, making it in Rockford. Funding of this record was provided by a grant by Pepsi. Pepsi Cola Bottling Company. Rockford. Thank you, Pepsi. I got it. Well, the label just says make it in Rockford, but the cover says Rockford, 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 Rockford. Oh, maybe I can talk oh, this God. guy down. You gotta see this promotional video. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna send this to you in Messenger. All right, Jim. Yeah. Show's over at 2.30. Okay. But at any rate, where was I going with that? But, uh, oh yeah, I gotta get to that album. So, <laughs> that's kind of what I've been up to. Um, oh yeah, um, my daughter has COVID. Uh, but, you know. How's she How's she doing overall? Is it? Uh, she's coughing a lot. It's, it's hard to, she's having a hard time breathing, but... Other than that, she's doing fine. Okay. I am hoping for her speedy recovery because I'm off of work for two weeks because of this. And yeah, I'm using up all of my vacation and sick time for the year because of this. That sucks that they make you do that. Oh, but once it's over, I can get unpaid time off if I need a vacation or a sick day. At least they're, I mean, yeah, that sucks, but at least they'll they'll let you have that time if you need it. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. Because yeah, it's not it's not your fault that, that you're at risk of catching something that's going around in a global pandemic when you. Uh, I hate that phrase, global. That's a a pandemic it's means it's global. Uh, yeah. yeah. When you've been when you've but been taking your precautions. If you anybody know. who's uh, following my face or not my Facebook, because I've been banned from Facebook for thirty days because, because of, you won't freaking not insult people without changing your profile. Um, but anyone who's been following you my me a poopy my, head. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, but if anybody makes a Nazi joke about my last name, uh, they don't uh, they don't get banned. But uh, if you're, anyone's following my Twitter feed, uh, will know who I suspect, uh, how I, where I suspect my daughter got the virus from. But I'm just going to leave it at that because I don't want to get political. Hint, hint, hint. She got it from Obama. Shh. You weren't supposed to say anything. Ah, uh, damn it. Now I'm on Hillary's death list. I'm on Hillary's death list. Duffman is conflicted. What would Jesus do? Oh, speaking <laughs> of which, uh, can, would, would you mind if we open up a Dender and Arata for now? Um, sure. Why not? Okay. <laughs> Technically, this whole episode is a Denda, isn't it? Yeah, kind of, sort of. So, it's yeah, we should sorta. probably... And, and yeah, well, let's and open it anyway. It, it's ah. also feedback, and we'll have another drop in for that feedback. in a moment. So, thank you, Scattered Frog, for helping us out with that. I don't know if uh, I've heard the feedback. Uh, yes, feedback. you have. I have. Is yeah, you had some. In, you had some input on its final, uh, final ah. 
edit. So, uh, but anyway, um, oh yeah, I remember. I'm surprised nobody caught us on this, but I had said incorrectly that, no, actually I said it correctly. I just said it correctly with false information. I had said that on Zookeeper, you cannot skip the tutorial at the beginning of the game. And I always, I was annoyed by that because I just want to play the freaking game. I found out accidentally that's incorrect. You can skip the opening tutorial in the game by hitting the player one start button. Uh, oh. Player two start button? I don't know if, if, if it's in a two player. I didn't try a two player game. Hmm. I'll have to try that. Uh, but yeah, you hit the player one start button game. No, you hit the pl- you hit player the player one, one game start, game start button. button during the tutorial. It'll bypass the tutorial. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So awesome. Since we're opening stuff up, can we open up Sean's drinking arena before my ice melts? Open. Open for business. Ooh, yeah. Duffman. All right. I kind of uh, hinted toward this in the previous episode. What I have here, it's another drink from uh, oh. WT Heck. It is blue cheese dressing drink soda, and I'm pouring it now. It is colored blue. It looks it looks a little bit lighter blue than Windex. Oh boy! It smells terrible. It smells terrible. I'll tell you that. Of course, moldy cheeses are terrible. And it actually tastes like blue cheese. Really? Yeah. Doesn't taste like crayons like the ranch dressing one does. No. Well, the ranch dressing, I didn't think, tasted like crayons. I think it just plain tasted terrible. And you know something? Uh, Jimmy G, could you please um, address our listeners while I go dump this shit out and get um, a much better tasting drink? All righty. Well, hi, listeners. Thank you. I'll be right back. How are you doing? It's good to hear. Ooh, sorry to hear about that rash. You haven't had it treated yet? Mm. Maybe you should put some a salve or an ointment on there. Yeah, yeah, that'll usually do the trick. Now, you picked up your dog waste when you walked it today, right? No? Oh, oh, you've got a two-acre lot. Okay, so you just let the dog run. Hmm, I see. Well, I guess that's okay, but, uh, you know, you got to watch out for that. Yeah, You know what's really fun is to find a pile of your dog's waste and put, like, a firecracker in it, like the firecracker. Because then, when it blows up, it distributes the dog waste all across your yard, so you get, like, a nice lush green uh, throughout your whole yard. It's really, uh, really something else. Not that I've ever tried it, because I don't own a dog. do own a hermit crab, though, and it's kind of hard to do that with hermit crab waste. You kind of need something on the atomic level, level for that. But, um, yeah, so, hey, what'd you guys have for dinner tonight? Oh, really? Ugh, you actually eat that? Not even with ranch dressing? Ugh, you're more disgusting than I thought. Oh, boy. What am I going to do with you people? Oh, but you did give some money to charity. How much? $25 and a coupon for 10 free McNuggets? Okay, well, that's something, I guess. Who'd you give it to? The Make-A-Wish Foundation. Oh, just the, uh, the 10 McNuggets coupon. Oh, not even the coupon. You just gave him nine McNuggets? You gave him one McNugget and you ate nine of them. Did you even give him a sauce? No? Ugh. Man, you people, I'm, 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 I'm telling you, you listeners are the most selfish. Oh, here comes Sean. Hi, Sean. Oh, he's not back with it yet. So, yeah, you know what? You guys got to work on your, your 
what you're giving to charity because just giving one McNugget without a sauce, that's just, that's unfathomable. Oh, yeah, hi, at least Sean. give a dip of uh, honey mustard. Honey mustard is, I don't like honey mustard except with like some kind of like chicken coated, some kind of coated chicken. It's really good. Yeah. I just, uh, I just gave our, um, I just gave our listeners some uh, lawn care tips and uh, chided them a little bit for uh, for their giving habits. So, well, that, uh, thank you for doing that. Yeah, sure, uh, no yeah, No more blue cheese dressing soda. Instead, I now have a Leinen Kugels Berry Vice. So I have to ask you: Is that probably the worst thing you've ever drank? No, it it was probably the worst thing I ever drank. Was probably uh, maybe Coke Zero. Okay. Because that stuff is nasty. Uh, maybe La Croix. La Croix? And uh, the blue cheese dressing drink was not quite as bad as the ranch dressing drink from you know, uh, Rocket the, Fizz. The La Croix or the La Croix bottled water uh, actually was uh, one of the last uh, new products that the G. Heidelman Brewing Company introduced. Really? And the, the company that took over its brewery uh, still makes it. I did not. Well, yeah, of course. Well, somebody still makes it. Yeah, well, obviously, because G. Heidelman hasn't been around in a while, but uh, yeah, but yeah, I but love yeah. this Berry Vice stuff though, and the and it's a double whammy because my favorite, uh, uh, what's the proper word for the, my favorite buyer in Storage Wars is Barry Weiss. So Barry Weiss, I don't like any of those people really, but Barry Weiss is a Barry Weiss is a huge sleaze bag, but he owns it. He knows he is, and he owns it. So you know what? Yeah, my uh. Bottle of brandy is just out of reach. Oh, I made some saganaki the other day with the actual cheese you're supposed to use. Ah. It didn't turn out as good as I was hoping it would because I didn't cook the cheese as long as you're supposed to before you set it on fire. You might have to be Greek to do it properly. The first time I made it, I made it with the wrong cheese and it turned out good. Huh. So, what, cheese, what cheese did you use? The first time I used provolone. Hmm. That this time weird. I used caseri, which I had to go to Massiano's uh, grocery in uh, Shorewood to get that. You can't buy block feta in Morris. You can, you can buy crumb feta crumbles, but I don't want feta crumbles. I want the block so that I can make a, you know, Saganaki with that. But I do love Saganaki. And me and my daughter were, were uh, barns, barnstorming, brainstorming some ideas for ways to use Saganaki. And we came across Saganaki grilled cheese or Saganaki burgers. Hmm. So light that burger on fire. And I'm like, ooh, that actually sounds pretty good. With the oh, patty speaking of barnstorming. Speaking of barnstorming. Oh, yeah, big news, yeah. big news. Oh, yeah, big news. And uh, man, if everybody here who's listening, everybody who's listening probably knows about this, about the new Atari 2600 games coming out from uh, Audacity Games. And man, let, yeah, the, the, the thing is, the pre-sale was supposed to start the day that we're recording this, March 13th, at 2 p.m. Pacific time. And my wife and I were out running errands and uh, getting lunch and things. And uh, she's like, oh, I have to go to Whole Foods, so let's stop at Whole Foods. Like, no! And I'm in the parking lot just waiting for her to get out of there, and it's like 3.50. And I'm thinking, man, I know damn well that she's going to be done, and we're going to be in transit at 4 p.m., which is, of course, 2 p.m. Pacific time, and I'm going to miss out on the pre-sale. But no, she's still inside at 4, so I go to the website, I watch the countdown timer count down to the pre-sale, the button that you're supposed to click to get in the pre-sale was just reloading the site. And I was like, what? No, no. And then, of course, 
we found out that there were some server issues and they said, we're delaying the pre-sale until tomorrow at 2 p.m. So at the time you all hear this, I may or may not have a copy of, uh, oh, what's it called? Circus, um, Circus Caravan, I think, uh, on pre-order. And uh, man, there are people who are complaining about the prices. Uh, It's in three tiers. There's the standard uh, version that's 60 bucks. And then there's a special version for $90 or $99, which is numbered and autographed and personalized to you. And I believe you also get a downloadable version of it, which you can use in emulators. That is it's Circus Convoy. Circus Convoy. That's right. Yeah. And you get a downloadable version you can use in an emulator, I think, that has a special uh, watermark in it that is specifically tied to you. And that's the one I really want to get because of all that stuff. And then there's uh, the $140 version of it, which has that and a whole bunch of other stuff. Like I think you get a lower number on it and um, a whole bunch of uh, souvenir toys with it, which I don't really want. (laughs) uh, And people are complaining about that. It's like, dude, number one. When you account for inflation, you were paying a hell of a lot more than today's $60 for Activision games back in the 80s. And number two, how much should these things cost? You have these things being built by professionals, people who are industry pros, legendary Atari 2600 designers are doing this. And they're, they're being made professionally, uh, ejection mold shells and everything. The manuals are being printed professionally. It's everything you could possibly want. 60 it's all, bucks. It's all done in the, the standard classic Activision style. Yeah, and uh, you're getting all that stuff plus the time that the cranes put into doing the game which I'm sure was a lot of work. They've been, well, we didn't know about Circus Convoy, but the other game, uh, Casey's Gold, that has been in production for, not production, but development for a long time. So there's a butt ton of work. The story about Casey's Gold is it's based on a prototype of a sequel to uh, Keystone Capers, but uh, they can't call it Keystone Capers 2 because Activision owns the rights to the name. And uh, even though these guys are the creators, they can't use it, which is baloney but you know ip laws and all that but um from what i understand they're going to eventually release the rom of the of the prototype but uh, before they do that they want to have a totally programmed from ground up version of the game available ah so the version of the game that's available isn't the prototype rob it's a totally new implementation of the prototype from what i understand i could be wrong on that could be could be could be you could be also be right so it might just be a I'm lunatic you're looking wrong for. Than I'm right though. Hmm. But seriously, and also I think like I think there were what four memory banks that are present in Circus Convoy, which is a lot. They're cramming a butt ton of stuff into that cartridge. So yeah, sixty bucks as far as I'm concerned is a bargain for the quality you're going to get for the perf- just everything. It's so mm-hmm. worth it. So worth it. Yet there are a lot of people complaining, but at the same time, there are enough people to crash the server trying to pre-order the thing. Yeah, you know what? It's not like they're with Activision anymore, for one thing. And secondly, even if they were inflation, it it really does still keep in line with what the prices were comparatively back then. So it's, I mean, I'm not ordering it as of yet. I might might do it tomorrow. I don't know. But, uh, you know. I'm not complaining about the price. It is what it is. 
It is what it is. And what I, what I want to know, if you don't like the price, what should it be? And explain why it should only be that. That's yeah. what I want to know. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for, uh, see if I can find the, uh, they had a promo video for this. Here we are, Circus Convoy Atari. Here's the trailer. And I will put that in uh, in the chat, too, so we can add it to the show notes. Yep, and we will link it for the probably none of you who haven't seen it yet. So You never know. You never know. With that, are with we ready that. to move on? Um, yeah, and uh, why don't we talk about some uh, listener feedback that we got? Why don't we? F-E-E-D-B-A-C-E-L-E-C-E-L-E-C-E-L-E-C-E-L-E-C-E-L-E-C-E-L-E-C-E-L-E-C-E-L-E-C-E-L-E-C-E-L-E-C-E-L-E-
Mid- no, if they're Atari. Oh, oh Vector? Duh, yeah, Vector. Three of three Atari Vector games. Yeah, Asteroids, his favorite, uh, Tempest and Battle Zone. Those things came, of Tempest especially. Uh, let's see, Omega Race. So that's his first four are Vector games. Uh, Robotron, which, you know what? Hi, don't oh, hold worry. Hold on. No, 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 let's not no. bother. Yeah. Okay. Because it's... It, yeah, he, right. he, that's fine. Say, he gets paid to do that, so let's cut down on costs. So. Okay. He says, uh, love this twin stick shooter. My older son's favorite coin op. Man, that is a, I really need to spend more quality time with uh, Robotron. That is such a good game. Uh, so quality time. Tron. This is my younger son's favorite coin op. Oh, I played that at Underground Retrocade too, and for probably the second time in my life, I actually cleared the second round. Really? All the way through. Man, that is... I can clear the first and second rounds fairly frequently. I cannot Getting get any past... any further is impossible. Yeah, I cannot get past any of the mini-games the third go-round. How is I anybody able to get in the, master co- in, the, in the master control panel? Oh my goodness, in the MCP cone. You gotta be fast with There's that. There's just no way. No, no, and yeah, there was a joystick magazine episode about Tron where they got through like the first eight levels. Good lord, they showed you how to do it, supposedly. Hmm. Let's see, Satan's Hollow is on his list, and Sinistar and Phoenix and Zookeeper. I think that's the only Phoenix we have. Uh, let me see. Uh, Yeah, I think so. I actually took notes, I, I, I made a little spreadsheet of uh, all the games that from that we that were talked about between you and me. And the rest of our listeners who sent feedback. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, actually, no. There's there there are other phoenixes in the list. Uh, there's uh, phoenixes. Yeah, we'll get to the the other phoenix uh, later on. But is uh, there any Tucson or Yumas? Not no, not this time. Not this time. Ah. Nor Flagstaff or anywhere else. So Prescott uh, or Prescott. Hmm. Now um, his notables. He has uh, notables, as it were. Uh, Bosconian. Lost all. Good choice. That is a fun game. It really is. It, it, it's such a fun game. Unlike his next one, Lunar Lander, which can go bite my ass. Um, Galaxian. Bite my shiny metal ass. Yeah. Ms. Oh, Pac-Man. Maybe, uh, maybe Hyde should put that in there. Well, maybe uh, you should send him that clip. All right. Bite my shiny metal ass. I don't know if he has that in his library. Um he might, I don't know. Uh, Galaxian, Ms. Pac-Man, Mizzle, uh, Missile Command, sorry. Uh, Missile Command. And he also says, I came across an Asteroids slash Asteroids Deluxe Cabaret at PRGE in 2007. I would love to own one. Yeah, that would be a cool thing to have, actually. Uh, especially assuming that, it go, that it's running on the real hardware and everything, just because of the booming sounds, especially in the original Asteroids. Just, just how it vibrates. It's such a cool thing. You hear that all, the bassy sound and Ooh, man, good one. Good selection. Oh, and he has, I don't, is this part of his signature? I have to look at his other posts here, but he has a picture of a uh, Sears Heavy Sixer, and it looks amazing. I don't know. It's before, it's um, above the uh, above the line for the signature, so yeah. no, that's not part of his signature. Yeah. And it, I don't think. And it's on a uh, Telegames Center, too, I guess, where you put mm-hmm. everything in. It, it looks really that, sweet. That's sweet. I Gosh, that, I, as I've mentioned before, that's the uh, 2600 I grew up with was the Telegames video arcade. Mm. Oh, gosh, so many memories, especially of my friend uh, accidentally uh, reversing the polarity and burning it out. But, uh, yeah, so I'll read the next one. This is um, from Kai... Kairo Yojimbo. Kairo Yojimbo. Yojimbo! Uh, 
Oh, that's me. Oh, I hope this uh, dude's been to Portland Retro Gaming Expo. I've seen as he lives in Portland. Or lady, or, I don't know. <laughs> or they do. They do. This person. Um, so he starts his email. Or post. Or post. Listening to your latest episode and hearing you mention wanting a bowling lane in your basement arcade reminded me of a story my mom told me. My grandfather was a construction contractor. One of his jobs was building a bowling alley. After it was done, he had enough material left over for one lane. Can't remember if this was intentional on his part or just something that happened. And he was all ready to build a bowling lane in his basement, but when he measured, he discovered he didn't have quite enough room. Oh, man, that's sad. Hmm. I would love to have a bowling alley in my house, but uh, we might actually have enough space for one. Hmm. All right, well, anyway, to continue. Okay, I paused the episode to write this, but real quick, here are my top ten before I get back to it. His top ten are Qbert, Mr. Do, Bang, Ms. Pac-Man, Gyrus, Time Pilot, Mario Brothers. By the way, the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast just put out an episode about Mario Brothers. And Ferg had me cracking up in that episode. Mario Brothers. Mario Brothers. He had an Atari commercial where it says Mario, yet one of the Nintendo games clearly says, hey, it's a me, Mario. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, in Jersey, it's pronounced Mario. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, so you anyway, you've never Mario lived Brothers. in Jersey. How do you know? I've lived in Jersey. And, and I, if Nintendo says it's pronounced Mario, it's pronounced Mario. Boom, I know, but in done. Jersey, it's Mario. I say Mario. What? I say, I, I say Mario because it's I an Italian it name. Too. Yeah, it's an Italian name, and Italy never had a vowel shift, unlike here in in the uh, Anglo in the uh, Anglophonic world, where the uh-huh. A's suddenly the long A suddenly took what was supposed to be a long E sound, and then the long E took what was supposed to be a long I sound. So there's that vowel shift. But yeah, it's Mario Brothers. And, so, and something I, I don't I don't know who pointed this out. But somebody pointed out how nobody ever says Wario. Everybody says Wario. Yeah, that's so, true. Anyway, go ahead. That's true. Go ahead. Go You're ahead. right. You know what? You're absolutely right on that. Go it's ahead. Wario, not Wario. Go ahead. So, anyway, so uh, where were we? Jairus, Time Pilot, Mario Brothers, Sinistar. Yeah, don't let me interrupt you one. again. I'm sorry. Sinistar is next on his list. Uh, excellent choice. As everyone knows, that's my number one favorite, most favorite game of all time. Zookeeper or Zookeeper as we say. Moon Patrol, another excellent choice, and Tapper. So he's, uh, his list uh, mirrors mine a little bit, at least oh, half the games. played Tapper at Underground Retrocade on uh, this past Sunday, too, and I, yeah. got, I got to the level where the bars are at opposing ends every row down. Man, that, I, that would is be such the a hard punk, thing to do. That Ugh. would be the punk rock bar, I yes, believe. Yes, that's right. So you didn't get to the space bar. I did not get to the space bar, no. I can do that all the time on the 2600 and the ColecoVision version. I cannot do that in the arcade. No, no. The controls, I think, are, even with the crappy ColecoVision joystick, I think the controls are better, or I'm not, not better, but easier on, uh, at, on home than they are in the arcade. But Tapper, excellent, excellent choice. Yeah. I'm not just saying that because it was on my list. So, hmm. so do you want to read the uh, first email here? I do, uh, except I do want to interject a comment here. Uh, Kyrie sure. Jimbo's honorable mention, Monaco GP, says the first oh, arcade game I ever played. Something I realized, I put together a list of all the games that were mentioned, like, again, from you and me and everybody who commented, and 76 games in total, and a lot of them we didn't even talk about yet. And Monaco GP is one of them. And actually, no, make it 77 because I didn't add it to the list. <laughs> So, yeah, in fact, I'll add that to the list. But Monaco GP, that I think Underground Retrocade has that. But 
those old racing games, I really need to dig into those a little bit more. Like, uh, oh, what's the, what's the, was it Monte Carlo that you saw in the funeral Monte home? Monte Carlo that was at the funeral home, yes. Yeah. No longer there, unfortunately. But yeah, we have, there are a lot of games that people have talked about that we have not yet discussed in this podcast. Yeah. So that we really should consider, especially because, hey, we're hearing from people who like these games. We better give them some love. So let's move on. Here's one that we got from a listener uh, identifying as Jaden Stuff. Jaden Stuff, who says, Greetings. Well, greetings to you, Jaden. I've been a fan of the podcast for a while, but this is my first time setting a response. Well, welcome, Jaden. Thank you for, uh, for listening. And, and, uh, welcome. And um, <laughs> um, 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 responding to us. I really enjoy the stuff you guys put out oh, and wish that there were more podcasts dedicated to the arcade greats. Anyway, before this email turns into a novel, as they often do, here's a list of the 10 games I want to own the most. And since I'm no coward, run, run. I'm ranking <laughs> these boys from least to most wanted. The honorable mentions, uh, he mentions Battlezone, which is very common among people who've been re- uh, writing to us. I love that it has a viewfinder to look through and see the game. It's so cool to actually play this one in person. However, it is far from being one of my favorite games. Man, I you remember I hate Battlezone. I love it on the 2600, but I hate the arcade version. I Go love figure. the arcade version. Yeah, um, Exterminator. I'm not familiar with this one. Yes, that's a, a D. Gottlieb one. Uh, it's um, got kind of a weird premise. You got like you're like in a a, a room, like first person perspective. All you see is your hand, hmm. and you're trying to kill bugs by like I think catching them or like smashing them against the bottom of the of the screen. And it's hmm. kind of weird. It's uh, not easy to uh, emulate because of the control scheme. I think they have it at the ghost. He kind of agrees with the weirdness on it. He says really strange game with digitized graphics and a phenomenal cabinet design. Fun game but not quite a favorite. Uh Food Fight, fantastic game, but I think the 7800 does a perfect job of scratching that itch for it. Yeah, yeah, I can I can totally see mm-hmm. that. Especially since the joystick works. <laughs> you can get a working joystick on the 7800 version more than you can the arcade, unfortunately. And here's one I, Jimmy G, have never, ever, ever, ever heard of. King hmm. and Balloon. Does that ring a bell? Yes. Really? Uh, I played it in MAME a couple of months ago. No, wait. Where did I play that? I think I did play it in MAME. Or was it on... Uh, I might have a ROM for it on the Collector Vision Phoenix. Hmm. Oh, is it, did, didn't you tell me that that's shipping soon? Yes, yes, at the end of April. Oh, awesome. Yes, because I'm going to so. have a weekend to myself in uh, May, and I might be able to spend some quality time with it. So, yay. He says, besides the fact that I hold the record for this game on MAME, it's a really fun take on the Galaxian formula. However, I'm kind of used to playing it on a computer at this point. And uh, let me see if I can find his uh, record. Um all right, if this is his record, then um, it, if it's a Twin Galaxies record he's talking about, it looks like it would be 635,500. Um, okay, I have not played this in MAME, so I must have played it in uh, on, the, on the Phoenix. Right, I'm really curious now. So, Jaden, thank you for bringing that up. And it is based on the Galaxian hardware. Ah, Oh, yeah, I told, yeah, seriously, I told, oh, wait, why do I not remember putting this in? But I obviously did. Anyway, that's what she said. Uh-huh. 
So we get to uh, Jaden's top 10 list going from 10 down to one. This is apparently in order. Well, yeah, in fact, he actually says it's in order from uh, uh, least of, well, least of his most wanted to most of his most wanted. Number 10 kicks. I think he's the only one to mention kicks. That is a really good game. It is. Super Pac-Man. Dig Dug. I, Robot. Really? An yep. iRobot? iRobot, yep. Mario nice. Bros. Mario Bros. Uh, Frogger. I think he's the only one who said Frogger so far. Uh, Gyrus, another Bosconian here, except this one is actually in his top 10. Uh, Robotron, number two. And number one, and this is something that I keep forgetting that I want to talk about, even though I don't know it very well at all, Toy Pop, which is Toy a Pop, Namco yeah. game. Uh, we were talking about Chris Plus Plus earlier. He has an article about Toy Pop on his uh, classic gaming classic bookcast. gaming bookcast. Yeah, yeah. And uh, let's see, so Jaden says to that for in the show notes. Yeah, and uh, Jaden says for a little background, Toy Pop is one of the games featured on Namco Museum Volume One. I played it as a kid and absolutely loved it. And one day, I hope to own a board and build my own custom cabinet for the nice. game. So, yeah, kind of an oddball choice, but it's a game that I have a lot of personal attachment toward, and I have to make it my number one choice. That's as valid a reason as any other reason, really. Oh, heck yeah. I mean, the same I talked about before, how I purged out most of my video game cartridges and only kept uh, really like the the ones from my childhood and the ones that are kind of sentimental to me. And, of course, uh, most of the homebrews that I've acquired over the years. So yeah, it's like like I have some games here. Um, for example, um, like golf on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, boring AF game, but it's got sentimental value for me because I remember getting it as a present for from my grandmother of all people. It said golf on the NES, Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Oh, Twenty Six Hundred. That's right. I only had oh, an I NES for a NES. short time, and that was just a couple of years ago, and I didn't like it. Golf on the NES is one of my favorite games on the system. I, I just don't like the NES. <laughs> I like it. But thank you, Jaden. Thank you so much for uh, reaching out to us. Oh, by the way, uh, speaking of NES, I saw the, uh, I watched the video that uh, Autobiography of a Shook posted about the uh, Open NES, or oh, was Open Tendo uh, board project. For the, the what? Uh, in, it was Open NES, Open Tendo, something like that. Autobiography I, of a Schnook? I'm pretty sure. I thought it was. I know the host of that podcast. Yeah. And that po- that host does not know what the heck you're talking about. Hmm. Never heard of I mean, That host never heard of it. Let's see here. Um, hmm, let me scroll down. And I had to do a recount because in my spreadsheet where I kept track of people's uh, games and uh, honorable mentions, I oh, forgot no, to I'm put... Oh, no, I'm sorry. It was Retro Game Club Podcast. Ah! Yeah, I forgot, I yeah. forgot to put uh, some of Jaden's games in here, so we're actually up to 78. So 78 games total from wow. our listeners and us together that were ranked among the favorites and uh, and things. So, yeah. So, anyway, Retro Game Club podcast had the Opentendo. Uh, it's an open source NES uh, board. You, you need like four chips from an original Nintendo to build it, but otherwise... Uh, it's all off-the-shelf parts. Hmm. And this guy restored an NES by uh, doing this project. Nice. So that's what it was. Anyway, sorry. Sorry about that. So uh, do you have any uh, feedback from uh, somebody to uh, discuss? Well, uh, how about... 
Here's an email titled Top 10 Arcade Games from Jimmy Brazell. Jimmy Brazell. Hey, we haven't, heard, we haven't heard from him in a while. Good to hear from you, Jimmy. So, at any rate, says, hey there, hope this email finds you well, uh, as do we. I heard your episode about the top 10 arcade games for a deserted island, and it got me thinking about what would be my ultimate games. Here is my list. First of all, he goes through his honorable mentions. Frogger, Galaxian, Phoenix, Donkey Kong, uh, Star Wars, and Pleiades, or Pleiades, uh, as some people call it, but... Lying gets. Yeah, it's Pleiades. I, Pleiades. I took an astronomy class in college. It's Pleiades. There's a King's X song called Pleiades, and if King's X pronounces it Pleiades, it's Pleiades. Yeah, I, I have ne- I've only heard of the game. I've never seen it. I don't have no idea what it's like, but I really, really got to look into it. From what I understand, it's based on the Phoenix hardware. I have played it, and I have seen it in the arcade. And it's, uh, it's got a bit of a Phoenix vibe to it, but instead of a boss fight, it's got you got to navigate around obs- your ship around some obstacles to uh, to dock with a uh, with a target. So um, yeah, that's a that's a that's a fun game. I like that one. Yeah, I really want to look into that and see what. Yeah, the... Try it out in Mame. It's a good game. Yeah, I like it. And there's a version of it on the twenty six hundred. I don't know if it's a homebrew or if it was a prototype that was found, but uh, yeah. So, anyway. So his top 10 in no particular order. And here's one I, I well, let's just go. First, his first one is Star Castle, which I can understand why I'd be on a top 10 list. Not mine, because it's just a little too hard, but it's still a great game. Crazy Climber, another one of my favorites that hmm. didn't make it onto any of my lists. Super Pac-Man, which I believe made it onto yours. Yep. Which is my favorite of all of the Pac-Man games. Joust, Robot Ron, mm-hmm. or Robotron 2084. Time Pilot, which, yeah, another great game that didn't make it onto my list. Gorf, which I'm surprised that didn't make it onto either my or your list. Hmm. Uh, Donkey Kong Jr. And here's what I strongly disagree with. It shouldn't be anywhere near a top 10 list. It shouldn't be anywhere near a top 50 list. (laughs) Return of the Jedi. I don't know. I I, I don't don't know if I agree. I don't know if I agree with you on that. I do not like the game. It was such a... It was such a disappointment after the first two, uh, well, to be fair, it was the second Star Wars game in the arcade I played. I actually didn't play Empire Strikes Back until years later because it was a conversion kit for Star Wars and nobody wanted to convert Star Wars. Oh, Return over. of the Jedi. I was thinking Empire Strikes Back. Okay. No. But still, Empire I, Strikes I don't know. Back, I like, I like Empire Strikes Back. It just kind of, the ending of that one just kind of, it's anticlimactic. Climactic. So What's it got against the weather? The weather, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and his final one. Uh, Tempest, which I believe made it onto my list. Yes, it did. He comments, luckily, with the technology we have these days, I can play most of these games now. I did get an arcade one-up Star Wars cabinet to play Star Wars and Return of the Jedi because of that special controller, which, yeah, I would love to have got that, but I'd get in trouble if I bought that. (laughs) Uh, On the PS2, he has Title Legends for Phoenix. On the PS3, he has Midway Arcade Origins to play Joust and Robot Ron. Uh, on the Xbox, he has Tecmo Classics Arcade to play Pleiades. On the Switch, he has Atari Flashback to play Tempest, although it still needs the spinner. Yeah, it's hard to play with the, the, without the spinner. I've been thinking about getting um, that, uh, what is it, the uh, the Vision Adapter DB, was it the DB9 controller? Or a controller adapter, because that uh, actually works with the, the uh, driving controllers from the 2600. Hmm. And see if I can use that to uh, to do Tempest in MAME. I've been thinking about that. I haven't I, I should get one. They're not that expensive. They're only like 25, 30 bucks. So anyway. Uh, also on the Switch, he has arcade classics from the Nintendo Time Pilot and Donkey Kong Jr. And finally on the Switch, 
he has uh, Namco Museum Archive Volume 1 for Galaxian. Only three that do not have arcade-quality releases are Star Castle, Gorf, and Super Pac-Man that I have found. Luckily, Star Castle does have some good versions on the Vectrex and the homebrew for the 2600. Super Pac-Man is found on a bunch of plug-and-plays, and the 7800 has a pretty good, great homebrew, what they can do with it. This is about all I have to say about that. Keep up the good work, and I look forward to the next episode. I, I might add here, if you have the PS2, if I'm not mistaken, the PS2 can play PS1 games, yeah. and there is um, the Namco Museum Collection, and one of those has Super Pac-Man, so you might want to keep your eye out for that. I had most of those when I had a PS1 way back when, and... Um, I've got a non-working PS1 right now, and I'm just wondering if I have that disc. I don't know if I do, but yeah, the Namco collections on the PS1 were one was one of the main reasons for owning it. The PS1 was really a great emulation mm-hmm. machine because you had the Namco Museums, you had an Atari pack, you had a Midway pack, you had a Williams pack, then you had one pack that was, since Atari was based, and Williams and Midway were all one company anyway at that point, he had a pack that had like clacks and Smash TV and yeah. uh, a bunch of it. It was called the Arcade Party Pack. I think it had Tubin on it also. And I know I've got that one. So yeah, I might want to look into that for some of your other games. So just throwing that out there. But uh, so that's all I have to say about this email. Thank you, Jimmy. Jimmy G and Jimmy B. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Jimmy G. And thank you, Jimmy Brazil. So that was uh, nice to hear. And, uh, yeah, I think, let's see, here's another one. Um, let's see, Amount Inc., a large client of tech systems in downtown Chicago. Oh, shoot. Nope, that's not a listen. That's a recruiter email. Sorry. Um, I really should get rid of that because I'm not really looking for a job right now. Um, here's one that, uh, we're only gonna, I'm only gonna read a part of, uh, it is from a person named Eugenio. Who says, greetings, Jim and Sean. Greetings. I hope the two of you are well. We are. I'm doing good, but guzzy as always. G-U-S-Y. Busy, probably. Uh, You know, people with big fingers and tiny keyboards. I might have mentioned this several years ago on this podcast, but uh, I had a physics teacher, rest in peace, um, who, um, if he overheard somebody say, Hey, did you do good on the test? He would say, yeah, he did good, and he got a well score. <laughs> so I just had to do that. Anyway, well, you don't have so to. I'm doing good, but uh, anyway, he says, uh, sorry I missed sending feedback for the last step. That's okay. You know, it's, you're not required. You know, we just want you to enjoy yourself. <laughs> uh, but, but thank you, though. Uh, thank you, uh, Eugenio. Uh, sorry, I keep saying th- for some reason. Uh, sorry I missed sending feedback for the last episode, but I figured I'd add feedback related to that episode on this email. Ooh. Hmm. It's hard to choose 10 arcade games that I consider my top favorites. There are so many excellent games. True dat, true dat. Oh, yeah, it was definitely hard. Uh, As people who listened to found me bump Qbert for Tempest. Yeah, yep. Uh, So I put together a list of 10 games that are among my favorites. Some of these games you also mentioned on your lists. Some of these were not mentioned by either of you. Ooh, good variety then. So in no particular order, here are 10 of my favorite arcade games. Crystal Castles. Good one. Kangaroo. Yeah, which I have. Repl- I like kang- I like kangaroo, but it wouldn't be in anywhere near my top twenty-five. Kangaroo gives me a headache. Uh, <laughs> you give me a headache. Good, good. Um, aren't you glad you chose me as your co-host? <laughs> 
Uh, Ms. Pac-Man, Tempest, Dig Dug, Millipede. Ooh, nice. Really nice. I've got a co-host and he has Excedrin written all over him. Ah. Tron, Star Wars, the arcade game, Qbert, and Burger Time. I, that and, is a... Yeah, you know what? And I, I, when I saw this email, I'm thinking, oh, shoot, how can I forget Burger Time? Yeah. That's the problem with making lists. I know. You forget these, real, these classics. We should have done a top 15 list with like seven runners up, <laughs> you know, in retrospect. Because these kind of lists are hard to do. Thing is, as much as I, I like, love Burger Time, I, I like Burger Time, but I like it a lot. But it wouldn't have made either list, either the uh, replacement runners up or the top ten for me. Oh, but, it would uh, easily have made the top ten for. It would have made, easily made a top fifteen for me. But Eugenio says uh, I oh. also have some runner ups that I can list: Mario Brothers, Space Invaders, uh, Gallagher eighty eight, Dragon Gallagher? Spirit, Zevius. Food yes. Fight, Reactor. Mr. Do, Reactors. Dude, this is at least the second person we heard from who mentioned Mr. Do and put the bang in the title. Thank you for doing that. Uh, bubble Bobble. Uh, bang which, meaning exclamation point. Yes, yes. Uh, the whole reason I said bang is so he wouldn't have to say exclamation point. It saves time. Bang, now, bang, and now bang, we're, we're exposing. Now we're extending the show because we have to explain that. Good cripes. But anyway, uh, bu- the savings on, you? Uh, Bubble Bobble, which we really need to talk about sometime. Yeah, that's a, that's a classic and a gauntlet. So what do you think of these picks? Well, I kind of inserted my comments as I was reading that. Uh, Kangaroo gives me a headache. Love Bubble Bobble. Mr. Do. I mean, of course, you know, who, who wouldn't love Mr. Do? I have to say the one thing that stands out to me on his list, uh, other than me forgetting burger time is gauntlet. Gauntlet's okay, but if I'm going to play a Gauntlet game and have it anywhere near my top list, it's going to be Gauntlet 2 because I think it corrects things that I saw as flaws in the first Gauntlet. But even then, I don't think I would put Gauntlet on my list because it is designed to be a quarter sucker. And yeah. It really doesn't. I mean, it's supposed to be this sort of adventure dungeon crawler, but dungeon crawlers have a point and a goal. And Gauntlet, you just keep going maze after maze after maze. And after you get to like maze, I don't know, 300, whatever, it just starts doing random mazes. There's like no point to it. Even with the insertion of a dragon every so many levels on Gauntlet 2, it's still, that's more of just a a super enemy rather than a boss, so (laughs) to speak. And so I, yeah, um, not a terrible game, but it wouldn't be anywhere near my top 25. (laughs) Even Gauntlet 2. Yeah, to me, Gauntlet, though, I, I can't play the arcade version. It's just, it's just too repetitive. It, it is. I mean, to, I, I like it on a home system. Like, the Commodore, I loved the Commodore 64 version. but I think what they got right with Gauntlet is the NES uh, actually put a, a, you're actually on a quest. You have to find s- certain things to to solve the game. So there's actually a point to that. And the same thing with Gauntlet 4 on the Genesis. Uh, they did something similar to that. So I think if I'm going to play a Gauntlet game, it's probably going to be Gauntlet 4 on the Genesis. The thing is, I think it also has the original Gauntlet and Gauntlet 2 on the Genesis uh, Gauntlet 4. But if the uh, the graphics are, even on the uh, the Quest mode or whatever they call it, are totally ripped from the arcade game. And uh, yeah, so Gauntlet's about the only, only thing on this list that I wouldn't put anywhere near my top 25. Yeah, and uh, we will save uh, the rest of the email for... Because he talks about the games we were originally supposed to talk about yeah. this episode. Yeah, we, he's talking about the ones that we're talking about in uh, episode 121. This is 120. This this is 120 part two. 
So that's all for today. So, Please wear a mask, wash your hands, stay safe, going to the Final Frontier Gaming, and yeah, thank you, Eugenio. Thank you so much. So I will... Uh, yes, you will. We'll move on here with um, one called Buy 10 Arcade List from friend of the show and friend in real life, Keith Sheehan. Oh, Keith. Which, uh, hi, Keith. Hi, Keith. And this is... His, his email is straight to the point. His email is straight to the point. Good morning, gents. My top 10 arcade would include... And I have a couple of bones to pick with him on this, but Uh-oh. we'll get to that. His top 10 arcade list would include the following. Centipede, Daytona USA, great pick. Yep. Tempest, Mad Planets, which is, again, if we had a longer list, Mad Planets would have made it on. Mr. Do, another Mr. Do, that's three of them with the bang. Mm-hmm. Good job. Mario Bros. Ivan Iron Man Stewart's Super Off-Road. Gyrus, Star Wars, and here's one I've never heard of, Whirlwind. And I'll tell you why in a moment. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. And uh, Go on. He says, my honorable mentions are Donkey Kong Jr., Popeye, Jr. Pac-Man, Galaga, Doctor Who, and Bump and Jump. Wait, one of those now, games I, I, I didn't one see your... on his list, so I don't I don't know what you, you must have gotten. What's that? Your copy of the list might have, must have gotten mangled because you mentioned a game that I don't see in it because I'm looking at the same email. No, no, I, I think we have the same email. You just don't know how to pronounce one of the games correctly. Uh, however, there is one interesting thing with his list. Well, he actually mentions a pinball on this. He mentions two pinballs. Two? Whirlwind. Oh, Whirlwind's a pinball. Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. And the thing is, uh, that might, he might have been using a loophole there because did we ever say arcade video games you're right i don't think or we, did. we just say arcade games i mean we mentioned we did when we, we we put the idea forth we didn't i do know that when we talked about our lists that we weren't considering physical games like uh, i think we did mention if we had pinball i would have like the terminator 2 pinball machine but uh, we didn't specifically say no pinball from our listeners that is true i was and i, I got excited when i saw that doctor who on there because like, oh man, like games that people are bringing up that we haven't talked about, we should talk about. And I thought, oh, Bill would like that one probably, or would be interested yeah. in that one. But oh, it's a pinball machine. Oh, it's a pinball. And I, one thing that did surprise me about Keith, I mean, I would have thought that he would have put Bump and Jump in his main top 10, but. Oh, why is that? Because I think he's, I'm speaking for him right now and I'm probably going to say things incorrect, but I think he plays that a lot. Okay. I think that's like one of his, I'm that, uh, it's just my observation. And is that our last email or do we have more? Uh, we do have more, I th- Oh, we do have one more, but it, uh, it really has nothing to do with the, with the topic, but uh, we'll read it anyway. This is from um, Daniel Chavez. Ah, Daniel. And again, if we're pronouncing your name incorrectly, please let us know. And he, uh, he says, I just got to episode 101. Episode 100, by the way, had me laughing so much. Loved it. I heard the part about Pie Factory trading cards and was wondering if you happen to have still any of those left. Uh, actually, I think I gave them all to Sean. We have a crap ton left. Are they in an envelope? They're in a stack. There's a lot of them. Okay. Uh, I know it's a bit of a long shot, but I figured I'd give it a try. Yeah, if anyone wants one of these, just email us and uh, give us your uh, mailing address and we'll get you one. Yeah, we can get you one. Uh, Smiley face. Oh, truth be told, when I first came across Pie Factory Podcast and it was about games, I thought it was broad, it was a podcast based around the Raspberry Pi running RetroPie for emulation, which actually probably not a bad idea to talk about that in a special episode somewhere down the line. I Could know be. I had brought up the idea early in this podcast's run about uh, doing a special episode about setting up MAME, but we just never did that. And Oh, well, you know, it's, it's something to keep in the back of our minds. 
Uh, anyway, he goes on. I was happily mistaken. Keep up the great work. Aww. I've been averaging two to three episodes a day. Yay. There's <laughs> something wrong with this guy. Seek help. <laughs> Http colon slash nami dot org. Oh. Yes, uh, <laughs> I have been averaging two to three episodes a day, so I will be catching up soon. I've also been a Patreon supporter, as I love your thank show. You, that much. Oh, thank, thank you, Daniel. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And he says, "Take care, Daniel Chavez." So, thank you very much for the very very kind email. We appreciate yeah. that. Uh, as we said, just email us your uh, your mailing address, and we'll uh, get back to you. On Indeed. That. And. I think that's it. Yeah, Is I that think all we that's have? it. Um, let's see. We heard from. Oh no, there's one more. There's one more uh, top ten. It's uh, from another it Patreon is. sponsor of ours, uh, Mark Super, who saw the notice on Patreon that we were taking. He kind of forgot about it until now, so he sent us a uh, a email. Uh, he says, "My dream home basement arcade. It would definitely have that cheesy galactic backlight carpeting, like bowling alley oh, arcades yeah. always had. Of course, yeah, with the shooting stars and the bowling pins." Is Dude, is there any other way to do it? Come on now. Uh, it would also have a booth. Oh, this is a sweet idea. It would also have a booth seat and a table in the corner so that there would be a place to enjoy some cheap pizza and flat pop. Uh, Underground Retrocade has that up front. It has like the booth seats uh, and a table. Uh, it basically like if you're going to have a drink, that's where you have to drink. Keep it away from the machines and also like keep it away from people like from so you don't infect anybody. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, they that, that's a, a really good observation right there. And uh Mark lists his games. Uh first is uh he lists his uh, 10. Uh Ghouls and Ghosts, which if it's anything oh. like Ghosts and Goblins, I want nothing to do with, but we probably should it's talk harder about it. It's harder than Ghosts and How Goblins. How is that possible to be harder harder than Ghosts and Goblins? Oh, it is. How? Trust me, I've played it. It is. It's much harder. What you put your quarter in and it disintegrates? That's the only well, possible way to well. get harder. Good it grief. might as well. Uh, centipede. Battle Toads. Now, that's basically... Uh, I'm going to get crucified for saying this, but that's okay. That's basically a TMNT uh, ripoff, isn't it? Battle Toads? I don't know. I've never... I don't think I've ever played the arcade game. I, I, don't, I, I know I haven't played the NES game. I'm pretty sure I haven't played the arcade game. Let's see. Space Invaders. Smash TV. Moon Patrol. Um, Atari Fire Truck. Have you seen that one? I have seen it. I've never played it. I, I saw it at that game place at the Jefferson Square really? Mall way back in. Yes, way back when. I have huh. never played it. Wow. Okay, yeah, I, I'm looking at the images right now. That that looks fascinating. But yeah, it, uh, and uh, actually I should let uh, Mark explain it himself. Uh, he says, uh, the one with the second player standing and controlling the back of the truck. Mm-hmm. And uh, the cabinet, for those of you who never seen it, um, it's it's kind of like a cockpit cabinet, except it's open. There's no roof over it. Uh, there's uh, someone who stands behind the monitor, and then there, and then behind that person, there's a little stand-up place with a steering wheel on it. And I guess that's where the second player comes in. So that looks uh, interesting. Um, I'll have to see if there's any videos. Is pardon my grammar. I'll have to see if there are any videos of uh, people playing this somewhere so thanks for pointing that out to us mark um let's see he also lists ms pac-man a super off-road with the extra track expansion i don't know about that so super off-road that should be on our list somewhere and uh, operation wolf so that's his uh, 10 and he lists a few honorable mentions teenage mutant Ninja- we haven't talked about uh, talked about operation wolf yet have no. we? 
No, I don't even know what kind of game that is. Is that is that a, a first person it's a, shooter? It's a shooter. Okay. It's a gun game in the vein of Terminator Two. Oh, yay! Um, I'll be excited to play anyway. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. <laughs> uh, his honorable mentions: Teenage Mutant Ninja, Nerd, no, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, which is the first. Is that the first sequel? The first arcade sequel? I don't yes. remember. Okay. Was there a third? Was there a second sequel? I don't remember. I know that the uh, home version, I think the home versions had several sequels, but I don't know about the, uh, I, I don't remember what we talked about because we talked about that a long time ago. Oh, uh, let's see. There was also Tempest on his list. Major Havoc. Oh, you know what? Hmm? Uh, just four days ago, there's talk about a new uh, arcade uh, Ninja Turtles game, Shredder's Revenge. Ooh, interesting. Oh, arcade style. There was, um, Raw Thrills did put out a new Ninja Turtles arcade game a few years ago. And I think we talked about it in the episode where uh, I think one nice thing that they did is uh, when if when you died and you brought your player back, it had a line on screen connecting your joystick to where your player is so you don't lose track of them, huh. which I thought was a nice touch. Interesting. But... Uh, Anyway, continue. So yeah, he says uh, TMNT Turtles in Time, uh, Tempest. Sorry, lost my place. Major Havoc, which should be on our spreadsheet somewhere as a to do, and uh, Battle Zone. So three Atari vector graphics games in his honorable mentions. Okay, it looks uh, here. Just doing a quick search, that was there was only one arcade sequel. Okay, so it'd be Turtles originally in time. to Ninjas and Turtle to Ninja Turtles. So that would be Turtles in Time. So I think the Raw mm. Thrills would be the second sequel. Ah, uh, ha. Anyway. Anyway, uh, thank you for your feedback, Mark. That was super of you. See what I did there? Ha, ha, ha. That's another email I didn't, another notification I didn't get. Hmm. Hmm. Go figure. So, is that it? Are we done? I think that's it. So, yeah, and uh, I mentioned that I built a spreadsheet out of all the games that we talked about in this episode yes. in the previous yeah, episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. So just some statistics and just to remind everybody there statistics. were 78 games that were talked about here. And wow. let me see there was a, 78 there, unique games or games in total. Yeah. 11 of them games were in total. 11 of them were vector graphics games. Oh wow. So yeah, that's uh, fascinating. And I tried to come up with a top 10 list and the problem is like I scored half a point for every honorable mention and one point for every 10 mm-hmm. and uh, by far, well, maybe not so by far, but Tempest was the clear winner with a score of 6.5. Oh, wow. And then Ms. Pac-Man was uh, second place with five and there were two in it with a 4.5 and that's Robotron and Tron. So the games with Tron okay. in the title, except for nobody picked discs of Tron. That was interesting. Hmm. We had two fours, well, that would be Star Wars and Gyrus. Okay. Three 3.5s, which would be Mario Brothers, Mr. Do, and Zookeeper. So that brings us to a total of, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. That's nine. And the problem is the next level down, three, we have four of those. So, <laughs> so Dig Dug, Moon Patrol, Sinistar, Super Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. So it would be really hard to de- make a determination of the top 10 here, especially because if you're using as tiebreakers, like people who uh, put in as honorable mentions, even then that still wouldn't do it because all of the threes were in people's tens and not honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Here, let me try something. Let me try something. I'm going to wipe out the honorable mentions and see what we have. If that makes anything 
clear. Um, oh, that makes it worse. <laughs> because then we have a six, four, fours, and a crap ton of threes. So, yeah. So, yeah, we can't really make a definitive top ten. So, oh, well. But it was great to hear uh, everybody's suggestions here, everybody's uh, input. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so thank you all for uh, for your contributions. And, and again, uh, if you have any comments about anything we've talked about, games, off-topic episodes, whatever, let us know. Uh, piefactory at fab4it.com is our email. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or you can uh, comment on our Facebook page. And uh, we will, uh, yeah, we'll uh, read your stuff on the air unless you tell us you don't want us to. Of course, so. yeah. And, uh, oh, we're, and we're always welcome to audio submissions. Of, cor- of course, yes. I think the last one we had actually was Chris Plus Plus. Was it? He might be the only one we ever had. No, we've, I know we, we've heard, we've had one from Greg. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, we did. We did have one from Greg. I, I know. I we've think had Chris more Plus than Plus that. was the last one. Might have been. I, Pretty I don't sure. Know, but, uh, yeah, and going through the list, I'm seeing a lot of a lot of games here that kind of reminded me that yeah, I really love these games like uh, uh, Popeye, for example. A couple of people mentioned that. How did I miss mm-hmm. that? that? Well, that's really yeah. one of probably the only Nintendo game I truly like. And like I said, I'm kicking myself for not including Burger Time. And let's I should see. have included that one. What, what else? There was also something else significant here. That's and, and games that I really, really, really want us to talk about on this podcast. So we got to pair up with something somehow. Like Toy Pop for sure. I think I tried that and had the most difficult time in the world with it. But I still, I'm still fascinated with it. In fact, I think. Oh, you know what? I've got, I've got a game we can pair that with, and I'll, t- I'll tell you off the air. Oh, good, yeah. And I believe Toy Pop. A lot of people think was what Tinkle Pit is based on. Which would make sense. They're both Namco games. Uh, I don't. I can't comment any further because I really don't know much more about Toy Pop. But uh, yeah, an Armor Attack. I so want to talk about that one. It's such a simple game, yet it's so addicting. Pleiades just piques my curiosity because I hear some other guys on another podcast talk about it a lot. So I'm curious. And Uh, no, they talked about Pleiades. Oh, that's true. So, man, now we got to find Pleiades. But, yeah, any further thoughts there, uh, Jimmy um, G, is it? Uh, It sure is. And, no, I don't have any further thoughts. So, hey, just want to end the episode then? Sure, let's just end the episode. And I'm surprised we got as much mileage out of this as we did. We really milked this one, didn't we? (laughs) No, the whole reason that we did this episode is because we were expecting to uh, get a lot of mileage out of it so uh true, true. so hey i guess uh, we should um better to have a 90 minute episode full of news and email responses than to have a three-hour episode of anything in television areas <laughs> we are not no 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 i no, really no. want to listen to that podcast but it's like every time i i see it in my see a pot an episode it's like four five six hours and i'm like man ain't nobody got time for that yeah and i, I know mean, that- you can hear a little bit of uh uh, one of the guys I can't from the that show is on uh, Intari Visions. Can't remember uh, who it was, but I mean they seem like nice guys. It's oh, of just, course, the length of it is just not. I don't. I have a short attention span, so well, sure. You know. And you know, Tim, I know that Tim Foley once told us that he wants us to make our podcast to be like eight hours long, so he had something to listen to at work all day. But <laughs> man, yeah, that's true. He did, didn't he? But man, I I don't know if. <sighs> I don't. I really don't know if uh, WordPress can handle because WordPress feeds the podcast, 
And I don't know if it can handle it. It might be able to handle it. I don't know. What would we talk about for eight hours? I don't know. But at the very least, we can thank Tim because he is one of our Patreon supporters. So Tim Foley of... uh, Maybe we could read the uh, phone book from Singapore. We could. We could. uh, Why don't you get working on that? But uh, I want to thank Tim Foley for sponsoring us on Patreon, as well as Richard Valdez, Timmy Mack, Underground Retrocade, PJ Steele, Kurt Musgrave, Mike Hat and Jay, Airshack, Keith Sheehan, Rory Charles Coleman, David Chavez, Art Guglielmo, Greg at the SNES Podcast, Mark Super, Steve Steiner, Kyle Etter, Richard Grounds, Lance Endries, Kristen Williams, Nate Lockhart, D. Alex, New Balance Stores, Phoenix, and Atari Bytes. And speaking of Nate Lockhart, Jimmy G, did you know that we were on a episode of uh, Nate's podcast, the Memory Machine podcast? <gasps> we were? Yeah, apparently we were. So, wow. Um, I think we should link that in the show notes. <clears throat> that gasp sounded more like a hiccup, didn't it? It sounded more like a cough to me. Oh, that was a cough. Oh. Well, uh, just now. That is, unless, unless Hyde cuts it out, <gasps> so I don't know. There we go. Here's a gasp. <gasps> but, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that was fun to do. And Memory Machine Podcast is such a fun show to listen to. Nate uh, Nate talks about so many topics, not just and video Nate, games, but... Nate really has a great radio voice. I have does. to say that right now. He does. He's like, he's, like, born for this sort of thing. But basically, if it's retro, he will talk about it at some point. Like, he did a show about uh, silent movies... Uh, he did one about uh, old-timey really radio. I need to listen to that one. That one sounds interesting. The one that was before the episode we were on, when we were talking about the Atari 7800, it was about penny arcades. So it's just fascinating stuff. That's really interesting stuff to listen to. you got to listen to Listen to it. Yeah. That's your homework assignment. Mm-hmm. There will be a quiz on it. Yes. There will be a multiple-choice Scantron. So have mm. a number two pencil. Yep. And um, anything else that uh, needs to be um, explicated from our vocal cords for this particular episode? Well, all I will add is... Two plus two? We're still planning I beat on, you to it. Uh, <laughs> we're still planning on Kung Fu Master and Double Dragon for our next episode. Yep. So if you have any feedback for that, get it in. PyFactory at fab4it.com. That's right. And um, I think that's it. That's and, it. Uh, oh, yeah, we just... Sean and I were talking about this, and we decided to change... Our last, uh, like last year, Sean was doing, ending the show with, uh, what was it? It was... Um, oh, what was I doing last year? It was, uh, it was puns. Like puns or yeah. something. Yeah, it was your suggestion. And then we, one time we did irony and contradictions and stuff like that. So, we were t- so Sean and I were talking about this, and we just, we agreed on how we're going to end our shows this year. Yes, that's right. I still I still want to do my, my 2021 ending, which is the name of a monkey song. That's my sign-off. But there is a more oh. important sign-off that yes. I would like you to do. So having said that, she's moving in with Rico. Support your local arcade. Boom. Alrighty, we'll talk to you all in a couple of weeks, and bye-bye. This episode of the Pie Factory podcast was edited and produced by Hyde St. Pierre. Opening and closing theme is The Happy L, composed by Sean Courtney. Love theme from Adenda and Arata was composed by Jim Goble. Follow the Pie Factory podcast online via Facebook, on Twitter at Pie Factory PFP, or on piefactorypodcast.com. Support the show at patreon.com slash piefactorypodcast. Pie Factory podcast is a member of the Fab 4 IT podcast network.